Welcome to Try This at Home with Leslie and Leslin, a podcast that offers you tips and tricks for solving problems, increasing happiness, and creating a better life. Hi, this is Leslin from Try This at Home. And you know, we are all exhausted. We have pandemic fatigue, and it's impacting our mood, our work, and our families in unconscious ways. Today, we are shining some light on how we might strengthen our coping abilities and move forward toward thriving. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and listen in. Hi, Les. (laughs) Happy birthday, Leslin. Thank you. We are recording this on a very special milestone birthday. Do you want to tell everybody or or do we want to keep it secret? What I want to say is I should be sitting in an olive grove in Southern (laughs) Italy right now. (laughs) That was the plan. I was going to be surrounded by my children. It is a big birthday. And so the plan was for us to gather in Italy and we were going to drink Italian wine and bask in the Southern Italian sun and explore really great places. And since that's not happening and my children aren't here, (laughs) this is my plan. And so I'm actually super excited about the rest of the day. I'll tell you what I did. Okay. My brother and his wife very graciously sent me several bottles of Italian wine. So at two o'clock, I'm going to pop one of those corks. I'm going to go out on my deck in the hot sun. I'm going to blast Italian music. And I have Bertucci's delivering chicken piccata with garlic. (laughs) Chicken piccata with garlic nuts. Or not. (laughs) Chicken piccata with garlic knots. And I ordered myself a triple chocolate stack for dessert. Great. I wish I could come over and eat with you. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Well, you know, and I actually thought about cooking for myself because I can make chicken piccata. I do once in a while. It's one of my favorite meals. And then I thought, hell no, I can order DoorDash. (laughs) And so, you know, I think that if I have to celebrate a pandemic birthday, and really, if I was traveling by myself, I would be doing exactly that, right? Yeah. So I, I don't mind so much being alone. I've been lovingly bombarded with messages since I opened my eyes this morning. And I don't mind the alone part. I don't ever really feel like I'm terribly alone in the world. And I don't even mind the working part, right? It's, I mean, yeah. after after a certain age, it's it's another day. This just happens to be a big day. <laughs> so I didn't have enough empathy for all of the people entering this decade in my life, I realized, because it's, you know, it feels like a big number. And I was I was pretty nonchalant about it for everybody in front of me. So maybe I should just kind of send out a Uh a um, general, I'm sorry. And I posted a very raw (laughs) video on my TikTok last night. And I've gotten a lot of TikTok love too. So, (laughs) Well, I'm glad at least you'll be eating and drinking well today. Yeah, man. Day drinking. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, you know, and for anybody who hears me talking about this and says, oh, she's day drinking by herself, I say, hell yeah, man. <laughs> you know, I, I have, speaking of, you know, pandemic life and how things have changed us, I have, I have been having a particularly difficult month, just lots of stuff happening, nothing, you know, earth shattering, just a lot of people and things pulling me in different directions. And yesterday I went to the refrigerator here at my office and cracked open a beer at like 1130 in the morning. <laughs> you know, I just need a little indulgence. <laughs> so, and, you know, I have clients saying to me almost weekly, I'm, a, I'm concerned about how much I've been drinking during the pandemic. And it's interesting to me that you know, we, when we are home more, we are drinking more, but I, I wonder if it's really a more of a subconscious reaction to the amount of stress that we're all feeling. I think you're right about it being like a subconscious reaction to stress for sure. And just being home and having access to it more than we normally would, right? I mean, obviously I'm my own boss and you're my own boss or you're your own boss rather, but you know, normally you can't just have a drink at noon without anybody knowing it. And now you can. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, a lot of people go to business lunches and have a martini or have a cocktail, right? But I think, and people go out to dinner and have wine. So I don't know if it's true, but I know a lot more people are conscientious of it being true because they're home doing it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of going out, for, you know, at lunch and everybody orders around, um, which I know happens all the time in business lunches, people are doing it at home. And I just think it feels a little different. But I also think there's an elevated understanding that we're stressed. And so when we correlate stress and alcohol, we get concerned. Maybe that's kind of where it's coming from. But there's no doubt that overwhelmingly, I am seeing people who say, something's wrong with me. I am biting people's head off for no reason. Yeah. I was sitting at my desk yesterday. And again, I've had a very, you know, the pandemic is stressful. And then the month I've had has been stressful on top of that. But I was sitting at my desk yesterday and there was a fly that just would not leave me alone. And I, I honestly wanted to cry. Like, it just was like, are you kidding me? Like, I really have to have a fly also landing on my face every 10 seconds. Like, (laughs) and I just, I mean, it's, you know, on any normal day, it wouldn't bother me, but it does now. I don't know. Yeah. So I think that we, you know, you are not alone. I mean, there's, there are so many unknowns and now we have the most of the country is questioning whether or not our kids are going to go back to school or how many days a week they're going to go back to school. And so not only are we again faced with these stressors of our personal health, but we have the stress of how am I going to educate my kids? Yeah. I I've been talking with Becky who works with me and our school district. Well, we'll find out tonight actually, but they have a plan to go back to school in class like regular. But then if you're a parent who doesn't feel comfortable with that, you can keep your kids at home. 
I am a parent that doesn't feel comfortable with it because our school district is not mandating mask wearing for children, which they say they are, but a parent can send in a note and then their kid doesn't have to wear a mask. And that's frustrating to me. And I, I personally am not comfortable with that. So I'll be keeping my children at home. I still think there's a pretty good chance that the school district is going to flip the switch at the end and say everything is virtual. My husband is a college professor and he is completely virtual. And so how do you run a business and teach second grade, third grade, and sixth grade in conjunction with your kid's school and be have a college professor? Like, how are two parents supposed to do that? I mean, it's, and I'm very lucky because I, I do have my husband who is going to be staying at home. But what if you're an essential worker? What if both of you are an essential worker? I mean, oh my gosh, I don't even, I, I, I can't even fathom it, truthfully. Yeah, and you know, I, uh, this is one of those situations, and I think I even said in another episode that I am so grateful that I'm not in a position of authority in this regard, Right. Because I have clients who are teachers, one in particular who lives with um, their mom and their mom is at risk. And she says, I I don't mind going back to school, but I can't take that, uh, that home with me every day to my mother. I have another client whose husband is a diabetic. She can't go to school and worry that she's going to come home every day with something that may trigger his disease. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and how about the kids that are immunocompromised with asthma? Do we send an asthmatic child to school where they can potentially get COVID? Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous that we're dealing with this still. I mean, I, I think back to March when, you know, they sent my kids home for two weeks. And I remember thinking, okay, well, this is really, this is really great. Two weeks, we can, we can fill two weeks. This will be so nice. We'll spend some time together, get some yard work done, you know, be safe. Two weeks, we got this. And now I'm like, are my kids ever going back to school in 2020? Like, probably no. Yeah. And if we don't get a vaccine, they may not go back in 2021. Right. And I just, I can't, I can't fathom it. I mean, I really can't. This is, and I, I try not to, the position that I took before was, all right, so they're not going to get the same level of education that they would have gotten in the classroom. And you know what? That's okay. Because I think they're learning other things and that's fine. I'm, I'm not going to stress or freak out over that. No, no reason to at this point. But now that we're sort of staring down the barrel of this being prolonged, I can't help but think about educationally, how is this going to impact my kids? And initially mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'm really worried for my sixth grader because I feel like foundationally that's when the like things start getting really like harder, I guess. Mm-hmm. And these are the kinds of things that he's going to need to know before he goes on to middle school and high school and stuff. And, but then I think about my daughter too, she's in third grade, like that's really important too. And my son's in second grade and that was really important too. And so I think 
I don't know. It, I think it's just bad all the way around. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And I think what's really the part for me that's so challenging is there's no answer that solves all the problems. Right. Right. There's, there's, there isn't anything that, I mean, if we send the kids back to school, we put people's lives in danger. If we don't send the kids back to school, we're putting people's livelihoods in danger. Right. And, you know, now we're right back to the question <laughs> that we started out with. Is there simply a human cost to this virus? Yeah. And that sucks. It does suck. And and I think you kind of bring up a great point because, you know, it, it seems to me that if, if you're a person like me who says, I don't want to send my kids back to school, I am fearful that they will bring the virus home or that they will kill their teachers. And you, you know, there are people all over the internet, of course, who are like, oh, you're just scared. You're just afraid, blah, 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 blah. Don't you care about people being able to go back to work? Well, of course I do. Let's stop the whataboutism and realize that I can care about the safety of my children and the safety of the teachers. And I can care about the fact that people are losing their livelihoods and losing their jobs and closing their businesses. And I can say that all of it sucks. And yes, to your point, there probably is just a cost to this and I don't have to love it. Right. Yeah. And the cost doesn't have to be human life, right? The cost, there is a cost to it. We're not, there isn't a way to, and maybe that's something that we all have to just accept. There is a cost and it's going to be human life or human livelihood. Right. Right. You know, now the, as I'm sitting here, the thing that I also think is that there might be a generation or part of a generation that goes to high school until they're 20. Right. Yeah. Now, yeah. you know, and, I, and I'm not saying that to shake things up. What I'm saying is we can think outside the box. Yeah. You know, if this was a world war or if this was a, a civil war, we wouldn't be sending our kids to school. Right. Right. Would you be sending your kids to school if there was a war happening? No, probably not. not probably not. <laughs> no. So, I mean, isn't this a little bit like a viral war? And maybe that's going to just feed into all the people who think that this is uh, a conspiracy by for the new world order. Yeah. But it's kind of interesting that we get stuck in this rigid mentality that says, this is the way it's been, and so this is the way it has to be. Right. And I'm saying, all right, do you want to, I mean, if we're going to get back to the topic at hand, which is this idea that we are, we have to understand what thriving looks like. Thriving is not going to look like it used to. And I, I know we've talked about this before and I talk about it on my TikTok and I talk about it to my clients and I've written blog posts about it. We must adapt. And adaptation 
doesn't mean I'm going to sit around and wait for the way things used to be. Adaptation says, let me take the set of circumstances that I have and figure out how to go where I want to go. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about, you know, okay, well, I have to run my business and I have to make sure my kids, you know, are are doing their schoolwork. So normally this is the way things goes at my house. Get up, kids go to school, I go to work, husband goes to work, come home, I make dinner, we eat as a family, and then, you know, everyone kind of does their own thing. All right, well, that's probably not going to happen for a long time. What might happen is that we all have breakfast together, and then my husband goes and works in a corner of our house while I help with school. And then we all have a quick dinner, and then I go to work, and I work until 10 or 11 at night. And that's the new normal. We're still having a meal together. We're still getting everything done. And that could still be, that could still be thriving for all of us, but it is not going to be thriving in the same way. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, this, this idea, you know, I, I can't help, but think about all of the the dystopian novels and movies that I've ever watched or read. And even what we know about biological survival, those people, it's not the strongest. It's the ones that are most able to adapt. Yeah. The ones who said, that's not the way I want it, so I'm not going to do it that way. Those are the ones that die. Yeah. Yeah. And... We are intelligent beings in an industrialized world. And many of those of us who are living have not had to significantly adapt to catastrophic circumstances in our lives. Right. It's, yeah. Right? Yes. 100%. I mean, our grandparents did, maybe even some of our parents but most of us, and at least in America, have not. Yeah. And that's that's sort of what I was referencing, you know, when I'm talking about, okay, so the kids are getting an education in other things, right? Like, right. maybe it is an education in adaptation or being flexible or not, you know, just learning that rigidity maybe isn't the best thing. And, <laughs> you know, I, I have to, I have to, for my own sanity look for the silver lining in this. Yes. And I just want to say that, you know, all of those, so I didn't really plan to say this, but, you know, it kind of makes me sit back and think if we want to talk about thriving, we have to lean into our fears. Yeah. Right? And we had a whole podcast about fear last year. And... I've been putting a lot of of thought into it because so many of my conversations in my practice are about fear. And in 1933, Franklin Roosevelt said, there's nothing to fear but fear itself. And if you think about that, fear prevents us 
from moving. Fear prevents us from growing. And if we're not growing, what are we doing? We're dying. Right? So if we're if we're not growing, nothing advances. So if we're afraid, if we let our fear stop us from going forward, then nothing ever advances. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm talking a lot about the school stuff just because it's so prevalent in my life and the lives of my friends and the people that I'm surrounded by, you know, my age group. And I think there are a lot of parents and, I, you know, myself is included in this to a, to a small degree for sure who are worried about, you know, we, we all set out to give our kids the best education that we can. And then it's clear that, that whatever solution is presented is not the best solution. It, 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 not that it's not the best solution, I guess that no kid is going to be getting the absolute best education they can through this. It just, it's just not going to happen. Right. It's, it's pretty unrealistic. I think to even assume that it will, I, I think it's just impossible. And so, yeah, there's some fear surrounded by, are my kids going to fall behind? They were ahead. Now are they going to be behind? I, I want them to stay ahead. I don't want them to be in the middle of the pack. And, you know, I, they worked hard, or they, you know, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of fear, I think, surrounded with that. Just mm-hmm. parents who are obsessed with, you know, we, we hear about all these parents who push their kids to do a million things and all these sports and all that stuff. Well, all that's gone. And so I think you're confronted with this fear for sure now that, well, you know, they're not, they're not going to have all these extracurriculars on their resume. They just are playing in the backyard because that's the safest thing for them to do right now. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's, I think it's okay. You know, and I think that's what we have a responsibility to do as adults, we have a responsibility to say, it's going to be okay. It's not going to look the way we thought it was going to look, but it's going to be okay. We're going to, I mean, what happened to, we're just going to do the best we can based on what we have to work with. This is the life that we're given. Let's figure out how to thrive. And I just really want to motivate as many people as are listening to adopt that strategy, especially in front of your children, right? Our grandparents had to know that because they went through the depression, at least mine did. And so they had no choice, you know, people who had everything, and we might be facing this, who knows, but people who had everything suddenly had nothing and they either adapted or they died. And so I'm going to say to you, thriving is possible. Thriving is probable. (laughs) If you sit back and say, let's make lemonade. I think you should talk really quickly about some of the ideas that you had. You shared them with me earlier. Some of the ideas that you have been giving clients and other people, friends about just making it work. What did I say? You were talking about like cleaning someone's house in exchange for the- Oh, 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 good. Yeah, so let's go back to this idea about school, right? 
And let's say you're a parent and you're panicked about, I can't do this. So there's lots of teachers. I saw just on our local Facebook message board, there's a lot of people that are offering to tutor kids or teach kids, whether they're college students who are now taking online classes and they don't have sorority parties to get ready for anymore. (laughs) Or if it's their teachers who are saying, hey, I'm not going to be coaching cheerleading or I'm not going to be be you know having after school office hours so I'll have extra time they're hiring they're or they're offering their services some of them are donating their services so if you really need that take somebody up on that but if you can't afford it don't let that stop you from thinking outside the box i told a client yesterday she could offer to clean house for for the people who tutor her kids she yeah. could offer to mow their lawn. She could offer to, you know, you can always barter. Again, this is a depression era strategy that worked really well. You know, you go down to the local grocery store in the depression and he said, you know, John, here's two chickens. I don't have any, I, you know, I need some flour. I'll give you two chickens for a five pound bag of flour or whatever the case may be. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, we're not going to go to the grocery store and barter. (laughs) but So we might not have that option. But how many people would give their right arm for a home-cooked meal in exchange for tutoring your kids, right? Hey, listen, I'll cook. You you do the schoolwork. Yeah. For me, if you offered to clean my house, I will tutor your children. Or, you know... Even something as simple as get together with five of your friends and say, look, I am stuck. You know, we're all stuck watching over our kids' shoulders while they do this online school thing. Let's each make a different meal times five. So we have to cook one thing one time in a super large quantity and we'll divide it out and we'll all have five meals for the week. Absolutely. That's not... That's not earth shattering. It's not going to save you days worth of time, but you know, it'll lighten your load for the dinner time hour, four nights a week. That's great. Yeah. And to be honest, why don't we just think about that strategy when it comes to hanging out with your kids in the neighborhood for schoolwork, right? Yeah. So that you're not exposed to 30 people, but if you have a small group of people that you can kind of like a closed circle of friends and you can say two days a week, I'll take your kids two days a week. You take my kids and at least we'll have some sanity. Yeah. Cause I think one thing that we've all done, whether we realize it or not is during this pandemic, we've kind of categorized people in our minds, our friends and here are my friends who are mask wearing and taking it super seriously and staying at home. And here are my friends who, you know, are just a little more lenient about things. And, you know, maybe I'm not saying that one is right or one is wrong, but certainly one you personally probably feel more comfortable with. And so you hang out with those friends or you offer to do this with the friends that are more Mm like-minded. And Mm -hmm. like you said, no, it's not perfect. You're still you know, you're still exposing yourself to a few people, but a few people is certainly better than an entire school. Right. Yeah. And and that's another thing. Like 
you know, and I've had to tell myself this a zillion times, it's, it's not going to be perfect. (laughs) Nothing about this is going to be perfect. You know, you have to let go of that. Well, and remember, I think perfect people are often using that word with a picture in mind, right? And the picture is often what either the ideal is under the premise of what we've known to be possible. I, you know, I, I'm going to say this again. Every part of our life right now that we see going forward cannot be based on what we have done or did do. It has to be based on the current conditions. And that's true. I think I said it last week about what we expect from ourselves, what we expect from other people. Thriving is about adapting. Adapting does not mean sitting around and waiting for things to come back to normal. Yeah. Adapting means taking what you have, you know, and if you need to go watch the movie The Martian, that's like this really great example of what adaptation means, right? All of the best laid plans can go to hell in a handbasket. And you have yep. to figure out a way to live and live well. You know, we can live well. Yeah. Even if that means growing potatoes in your own poop. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so God willing in the creek don't rise. You're not going to be growing your own potatoes anytime soon. But I wish all of you, you know, all of the people who are listening, I wish you well. I wish you good health. And I wish you the ability to adapt. Yeah. So that's the goal. Think of how, you know, if we talk about a try this at home for this week, really consider what do I need to do to stop waiting for things to quote unquote go back to normal and then to adapt my life. So like I said, I was supposed to be in Italy today. (laughs) And I can't, and I can either sit here and lament all day about how sad I am that I'm not surrounded by my family in Southern Italy, or I can adapt and I can go out on my porch in the hot sun and blast some music and drink some wine and eat some Italian food and celebrate life because I ain't dead yet. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. Hey, Les, happy birthday. Thank you so much. And thank you all for joining us today. We really appreciate that you listen and that you share this with your friends and family. We wish you good, well, health. And until next time, this is Leslie and Leslin, hoping you will try this at home. All perspectives and opinions expressed during this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. There is no direct or indirect intention to provide psychotherapy or mental health services. If you are seeking counsel for individual circumstances, please consult with a local health professional.